Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling. Before we get started on this week's episode, Dexafit. That's all you need to remember. So every time I go to the doctor, she says, Julia, you're overweight. And I say, have you not seen the muscles in my arms and legs? Check my BMI. It's so frustrating. But that's when I reached out to DexaFit and Sayasa. I said, please give me a body scan. I need to know the exact composition, the ratio of fat to muscle. Tell me. I wanted to become the best athlete that I could possibly be. And I know you guys, you know, after quarantine, we want to be better versions of ourselves. So not only do they offer DEXA body composition analysis, they offer 3D body scanning, RMR, which is resting metabolic rate testing, and cardiovascular fitness testing, in addition to testing for food sensitivities, hormones, DNA, and so much more. And guess what, guys? If you're new to DEXAFIT, which I assume you are, you get half off of any test your first visit or 10% off any package purchased. They have changed my life because when I got tested, I knew what I wanted to work on. They broke down every number with me and they did not leave until I understood everything. And now, thanks to them, I am becoming the best athlete that I could possibly be. Go to DexaFit.com, D-E-X-A-F-I-T.com to view their plans and pricing and schedule your appointment. You will not be sorry. They do a phenomenal job. Enjoy and let's get healthy, hustlers. Hey guys, welcome back to Jewels on the Hustle. We are back. Sorry for disappearing for a few weeks. You guys know I work in sports reporting, sports media, journalism, all that good stuff, and things have been busy. The high school sports season is back in full blast. I've got a lot of football to cover, soccer, just all of that. It's been so much fun, so exciting. Please check out my Instagram, my personal account at Jules El Baba to see the work I've been doing. It's been really fun, but exhausting, but also exhilarating and amazing. The adrenaline is pumping. This week, we have an incredibly amazing guest, Chelsea Reith. She actually just moved to Germany. Uh, So following her journey there has been interesting. She got COVID for the second time, which, you know, is, is, is very unique, that's for sure. She talks a lot about spirituality. That's how you say it, right? Spirituality. She loves her oracle cards. I, you know, I've had experience with tarot cards. And so I just wanted to ask her, you know, how those could be used correctly, how they differ from oracle cards. I like to, I want to also learn about the different spiritual tools she uses. Some people use candles, incense, gemstones, or crystals prayer banners, pendulums. There's so many different ones. I'm so excited to talk to her about all the different tools she can use. You know, before she made her own podcast, uh, she was unsure whether she wanted to actually make it. And she bought the podcast. She bought all the supplies. But then she just was hesitant. But when she finally went through with it, it was a blast. It just took off. Her podcast is called My Non-Expert Opinion, and she really just gets to it with her guests, and she just really breaks down reality. So I invite you to enjoy this episode. She is so candid, so real, and so authentic. Um, Yeah, so enjoy. Chelsea Reif, thank you so much for joining me today. It's such an honor to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on here. So you wear so many different hats. You're a mindset and manifestation coach. You're a healer, digital nomad, podcaster, and yoga meditation instructor. How do you keep up with all those positions? Oh my gosh. Well, I started basically integrating them all into one. And so now with my mindset manifestation coaching, I do 
meditation. Sometimes I do yoga and movement. I offer some different methods and modalities. So it's like, I tried to figure out how to combine it all in one. And the beauty of doing it all online is I can be a digital nomad. So digital nomad is like just part of where I work. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that's a constant evaluation practice. And I have gone through many iterations of what I wanted to be. And I'm constantly reinventing myself and my title. Um, actually, just this week, I changed my bio again. So oh, wow. it's changing all the time. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like um, energy empress, mindset and empowerment coach. I'm just like, that's the beauty of working for yourself. You kind of just pick what title you want. So right. yeah, I like to uh, change it up every once in a while. Just mixing it up, keeping it different. I know you have a whole story behind how you started your podcast. You weren't, well, you wanted to start a podcast, but you never really took that last step to get started. You had a mic sitting in your home. You just didn't open that box. What, what took that final push to get it going? Cause you're doing great. Thank you. Honestly, what happened is I was sitting on the idea for literally a year and I saw all these podcasts coming out and I, my first my first podcast that I ever listened to was Serial, um, and I loved the storytelling behind it. And I actually got my master's in digital media and storytelling. And so when I heard Serial, I was like, wow, this is a really cool way to tell stories. Like you don't need pictures or photos or videos. You can just talk and integrate audio. And so it really sat on my mind for a while of like, this might be the platform that I can do really well on. I sitting there, sitting there. And honestly, I just kept hearing other podcasters say how they got started. And they're like, you just start, like you just have to figure it out. And I was waiting for the best editor, the best equipment, the best microphone. And finally I was like, you can sit here for another year. And then I'm going to end up looking back a year later and be like, wow, I just waited another year to start. So it was honestly just putting that into perspective of like, do I really want to wait a whole nother year? And once I had that that urge to be like, just start it, everything started clicking. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make a logo on Canva. I'm just going to use the editing skills I have. I'll YouTube everything. And then from there, it was like, okay, now you started. Now the energy is there and you can keep going. But it was a lot of just like putting things into perspective. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that. So I've had this podcast now for a little less now than two years. I just got a mic during Christmas and I like, I'm the type of person that starts hobbies and then I kind of stop or like I read a book, like the first few pages and then I stop. So I was like, I'll get a mic and like fancy equipment if I actually commit to it. So that was like the goal and I stuck with it. So I'm glad to I hear started, um I started the opposite. I started out with like the best equipment and it was so like complex that people were like, you know, people on like movie sets use that recorder. And I was like, wow. what? So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing well. I got it. But I was overwhelmed with all the equipment. And I honestly switched probably like 15 episodes in into using a cheaper microphone and my voice memo app. So if you ever listen to my podcast, I would actually say 85% of them are done on my voice memo voice app memo. on my phone. It's that easy. I think that's so yes. powerful though, because some people think, like you said, you need an editor or even promoting your episodes on your social media. People think you need someone to do that. But I mean, it takes time. Like, like I'm not going to lie. It's time consuming, but it's definitely yes. doable if you have some time to put into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. 100%. Where, where did the name my non-expert opinion come from? Well, it actually was originally called Oh My Pod. And that was the other thing that oh, held me up was the name. Though. Yeah, oh. the name was holding me up. And I was just like, I can't figure it out. What do I want it to be called? I didn't really want my name in it because I thought it was just, I don't know what I wanted. I just didn't want my name in it. And so I was trying to figure it out. I was scrolling the charts, like the top 100 charts, trying to get inspiration. And I was like, what is going on? And then I saw pod save america yeah i was like oh my gosh that sounds like god save america and then it just clicked like oh my god oh my pod so i was like i'm gonna call it oh my pod because i want to talk about topics that will make you think like omg like i didn't know that i didn't see that before so it's actually that name for a year and a half and then I was starting to go really all in with it of like, okay, now let me develop, develop um, a website and Instagram handle. And there's actually another podcast called Oh My Pod. 
And I was like, you know what? Not a big deal. Let me see how often they post. Let me see if I can work something out. And then I looked and they had like 800 episodes. Oh, they post God. like every single week. Like they're so consistent. And I had just started mine out and I wasn't that yeah. consistent. And yeah, because like you make owned- a good point. There are some podcasts sitting there to like have two, three episodes and then they're abandoned. But sorry, keep going. 100%. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, maybe they're just like they forgot they even had this name. And then I looked, I was like, oh, no, they're very active. And <laughs> they had actually had some of the handles like the Twitter handle and the YouTube handle. But then I had the Instagram handle on the website. And I was like, this is actually going to be really confusing. And people were saying whenever I Google your podcast, another one comes up. So I was like, I need to That's change frustrating. Yeah. And it sucked, but I was like, you know what, who cares? People rebrand and change their name all the time, all the time, all the time. Yeah. So I was like, let's think of something new. And I was sitting there and I was like, okay, I have all these experts on. Sometimes I don't have experts on. Sometimes it's just me solo. And I give a lot of opinions and I feel like I have a lot to say, like all my podcasts, my solo ones are always about an hour. If not, they're over. I, I honestly love talking. And so I was like, but I'm not an expert in everything I talk about. So it's kind of a fun play on words of like, when someone says, well, in my expert opinion, I was like, well, in my non-expert opinion, this is what I think. And it just clicked one day at a cafe. And I was like, that's what I'm calling it. And so I ran with it. I like like the contradiction between the two words, like expert has like a very, you know, experienced connotation, obviously, but then like non-expert. So it's like, I like it, but I also like the other one, but Hey, if someone already had it, you gotta be unique. You gotta be different. Um, yeah. So exactly. I just wondering how did your purpose kind of change after starting the podcast? We'll go into how you were finding your identity in a little while, but did like, what was your motivation at that point in life? Um, with the podcast specifically, or you mean after that? I'd say when you started the podcast, just how did things change in your life? Yeah, I started really believing in myself more. I had started a lot of projects and stopped a lot of them. Like you said earlier, having hobbies and stopping them. That was what I was doing. And like I said, I went to school for digital media and storytelling. And then my undergrad was in media communication studies and broadcast journalism. So I always felt I need a creative outlet. And I tried blogging. I did like two blog posts that didn't work out. I tried, I thought about a YouTube channel and I was like, nope, hate video editing. Um, I tried to make an Instagram for beauty. And then I just was like, oh, I don't really want to keep up with this. And I just kept doing this. And I was like, what is my channel? Like, I want to tell stories. I want to create what is going on. And I was actually at the time in America, in corporate America, working in content and influencer marketing. So I was behind the scenes selling a platform that housed influencers. So all day long, I'm looking at content creators of people creating blogs and videos and audio. And I was like, wait, this is what I went to school for. Like, why am I not doing this? And so when I started the podcast, it it gave me this whole new, like, purpose in life. It really was like, wow, you do have a story to tell what makes you different from any of these other influencers. Like the only difference between me and an influencer or someone creating content is that they took the step to create the content. They weren't like struck by a special piece of lightning that like gave them this power to like start a blog. It's like, no, they actually just put their head down and got to work, took pictures and started a blog or they got the equipment, started the podcast. And so for me, it was like, wow, you can do the same exact thing and really make this your own like creation and extension of you. So when I started the podcast, the the purpose was really to like tell stories and get different perspectives on things. And it gave me a sense of purpose outside of work because I worked 40 hours plus a week and I started to really tie my identity to work. Like I'm in sales and I do this and I work with these brands. And I was like, that's just not fully me. Like I have this whole other side of me and the podcast really became that outlet of like, I started doing solo episodes to fill up the the schedule when I didn't right. have guest episodes. And I was like, Oh my God, no one's going to listen to these. Like, uh, this is going to be so such bad feedback, but whatever. Let me like put it out there. And those were the episodes where people would DM me and be like, thank you for sharing. This Get is so helpful. Here. I was like, Oh wait, what? So then it started to fill up like my time with what, what else can I share my perspective on? And so it gave me this bigger sense of purpose of like, what I have to say is important and yeah. I can do it. And I just have to put one foot in front of the other. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, 
it just gave me a, a really nice sense of confidence too, of like, look, when you put your mind to something and you execute, like you can do it. So you made such amazing, great points. I'm trying to go back now, but <laughs> I think the hardest and most intimidating part is feeling like, how am I going to stand out? Like there are so many podcasts, there are so many blogs, there's vlogs, like you said, all different Instagram. It's a little intimidating and makes you question if what you have is good enough to stand out. So then like at one, at what point do you say like, okay, keep powering through, maybe they'll appreciate me and then, or like, okay, you know what, maybe I should just give up. Like there's so many times I just want to be like, all right, no one really cares about what I have to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm my love language is words of affirmation. And so Thanks. I am like very, very driven by the qualitative data versus the quantitative. Like if I get even one DM of someone being like, that was such a helpful podcast. I'm like, okay, we're going to keep doing yeah, it for the next I 10 years. Really, I'm set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I rarely look at the analytics, which I know like my editors probably like what on earth? Why do you not look at your analytics? Of course I check them here and there, but I never like sit down and review and see what went well and how to optimize. Cause I'm like, I get DMS that people like the podcast. That's what keeps me going. So that's the fuel early on. Yeah. Early on when people were, when you ask like, how did I find the motivation? If it was literally one message, one email, one, anything, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to keep doing it. And I just knew um, there, there is a stat out there. Like most people stop their podcasts after like seven podcast episodes. They're like, Whoa, wow. this is way too much work, way too much of a time commitment. So I was like, okay, Chelsea, try to get to 10 episodes. If you do it once a week, that's already like two and a half months, do this for like three months, see if you like it. And I actually genuinely loved doing it because I also in corporate America, I was working at a WeWork in Chicago and we had this really cool room. So it felt like really official to like invite guests in and be like, Hey, do you want to record? And it was a really fun way to like get to know um, Chicago. Like then I would interview someone and they'd be like, oh, I have a guest you should interview, try this. And then people started being like, you know what? We'll give your followers a, a free class. Or if you want to come in and try it, I was like, wow, this is actually just like a fun activity. So when that whole issue of, oh, is anybody listening? Does anybody care? I was like, this is actually just fulfilling to me. Like, I don't care if five people listen because this is fun. And it really gave me that creative outlet and like got my juices flowing that I was like, it doesn't matter. But then as we all know, with consistency and putting one foot in front of the other, eventually then I was able to book a bigger guest or I would get a really nice email from someone or I'd get my first review and it was like, oh, okay, that's all I needed to keep going was the fulfillment on my end and then just a little validation that people were listening and and then it really fueled the fire. Yeah, there's this saying when you have like inner peace from what you're doing, nothing else that anyone says or does can really you know rock you. So I guess the biggest fuel for me and you is that just inner happiness and then getting one DM or one message that someone enjoys an episode like that also is even more fuel, but that's so applicable to even life. If you give someone yes. a compliment, like that can make someone's month or, you know, or a week. And exactly. You never know. You also never know who's like silently listening and watching, which also keeps me going. Like there was a period where I took like a four month break. If you look at my podcast episodes and you look at the dates, like I didn't do it for a while and me I was too. so overwhelmed. Yeah. And burnt out. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I finally was like, you know what, just get back into it. And then I actually had someone write me this like beautiful five paragraph message of like, I'm so happy this is back. You really helped my mental health. I, I always turn your podcast and I was like, wow, it just made me realize that this person was always listening and just not actively writing me every single day. And it's like, that's who I need to remember is like, there's a ton of people that are listening to this that may never reach out, but it is greatly impacting them. Wow. That is preview material right there. Well, you just, that was really good. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Kelsey on paper at some point you had it all. I don't know if this was before or after you made the podcast, but here we go. My stalking skills are coming out. <laughs> a luxurious condo by the lake, a six figure income, rooftop brunches, and the ability to book a trip anywhere you wanted, but something was internally off. Very yes. relatable. Was the podcast made before or after this point? The podcast was made before this. So I've had my podcast since 2017. Actually, no, you know what? I lied. The podcast was probably made right around this time. 
okay. right around it and got me like out of the little funk that I was talking about in there. Yeah, can we talk about some of those internal things? Um, you you mentioned them on your website. I think they're very powerful and relatable. So if we can dive deeper, it would be wonderful. You know, confidence, yeah. attracting wrong people, imposter syndrome, sabotage, success, all that great stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like I said, in um, corporate America, doing content and influencer marketing, and this was like, I mean, it still is a really big thing, but this is like when it was booming, like every brand wanted to do this. So at work, it was actually really easy for me to get promoted because every brand was wanting to do influencer marketing. And my company at that time was one of the first, not my company, the company I was working at at that time was one of the first to be doing it. So I saw success really early on in a way that I had not prepared for. Like the the monetary success that I saw, I thought I would hit when I was like 40 years old. And all of a sudden I was making all this money when I was 24, 25, 26. Damn. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, this is nice. And I I know, I don't regret making money. I, I wanna make clear too, like I think the money I made was amazing. I didn't know how to appreciate money and how to have intention behind my money. So okay. I was blowing it on things that I thought would fill me up. like. Oh, if I just get my lashes done, a spray tan, my nails done and get a personal trainer, then I'll be happy inside. Oh, if I just book like one more trip, go on one more brunch and one more thing, then I'll attract a better guy. And it was constantly this chasing of like, just one more thing, one more thing. And it was never that thing, like the condo by the lake. Nope, didn't do it. The, the whatever, the trips, yes, they were fun, but it's not like it it skyrocketed my confidence. It was just like a fun thing to do. And I was just noticing at one point, I really think it was in 2016, where I was dating really awful guys, like back to back to back. One told me to go F myself on our second date. Another one ghosted me on my birthday after he spent the night that night. Um, wow. Another one, I was getting ghosted like left and right. Like it became a joke of like, who's going to ghost me next? And then at some point I was just like, okay, there has to be something that I'm allowing this where I was really blaming the world a lot of like, oh, Chicago's just full of losers and full of bad guys. And that's, that's just the card I was dealt. And it was like, actually, no, I'm allowing them in my life. I'm letting them like, it's so I'm basically letting them do whatever they want and say whatever they want. And then that's obviously the type of guy I keep attracting. So it was really noticing after all this string of guys, how bad they all were that I was like, I need to like, work on myself. And it was a very specific moment. I've talked about this before on podcasts too, because I remember it so vividly where I was just walking home. I was so, so sad. I just started like crying when I got off the bus and I called my mom and I'm like, I'm miserable. And I couldn't figure out why, like had the money, had the apartment, had the job, had the clothes, like everything was check, check, check. But inside it was so much turmoil. And I remember being like, I need help. Like, there's no way I can do this by myself. And so I went to therapy. Therapy changed my life. I'm like the biggest advocate for therapy. Um, I love, love, love it. Went to cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, That is really where I learned how to reframe things. And I knew the power of my thoughts. I was like, oh, I can control my thoughts. I thought they were just like random things that popped in my head that that's just how life is. And my therapist really showed me the power of my own mindset. And so from there, it became a domino effect of, oh, let me read this book. Let me look into this resource. Let me watch this video of like self-development. And then my world started changing. And then I started really understanding, wow, like I do control my reality with my thoughts and my mindset and my energy. And it really helped heal all those things that I was talking about around the self-doubt and the confidence and all that stuff is like, it wasn't overnight. I mean, I'm still a work in progress. Like right now I have all these coaches and mentors and everything, but it did show me that my thoughts are something that I have the power to change. And once I figured that out, it was like everything else started to change. The brain is the most powerful thing. It is freakishly powerful. I mean, when I was playing tennis, like touring around competing, I would have the longest, longest matches. But after two, three hours when I'm really tired, if I told myself like, I'm okay. Like I'm not tired. I'm going to power through this. I'm going to dominate. It changes everything. What you tell your head will control how your body feels. 
and, or even if you're sick one day, and if you just kind of give that positive self-talk, it just, it really could help. So that was very helpful for you to share. Thank you. Of course. And to your point of like, just visualizing and and thinking of how you want your games to go is like, I always think of athletes like, hello, look at Tom Brady, who just won the Super Bowl for like the seventh time. I'm like, it's not just because he is like, oh, I'm going to work out a few extra hours in the gym. It's like, his mindset is so on point that he can see so clearly and taste and feel that win that it's like, it's it's unbelievable, but at the same time, it shows you the power of your mindset and your thoughts can create and change your reality. It's crazy. Not to mention he's 43 years old now in yes. the athletic world. That is not a young, what's the not spring chicken. You're not a spring chicken yeah. when you're 43 and an athlete. So on top of all that, the mindset of him to like be able to compete against, you know, the 20, 30 year olds. Yes. Damn. Exactly. <laughs> Now, this question has been troubling me, and I can't really pinpoint it yet, so I wanted to ask you, what's the difference, in your opinion, between being humble and low confidence? Mm, Humble and low confidence? Low confidence. Because I know it's a little bit of a weird, random question, but Sometimes people tell me like I'm pretty humble, but then I'm like, is it humble or just not the most confident person out there? If it's a weird question, we don't have to talk about it. Or I love this question. I honestly like I ask some of my guests this question because I'm like, yeah, what's the difference between being humble and confident and assertive? Like these words that people use that you're like, which one is it? I was kind of stuck on this question for the last few months was the difference between spontaneous and impulsive. Mm. Now I got that one down by grilling the last few guests. Now I'm going to start this now humble and like low confidence. Oh my gosh. That's a good one. I think to me, humble is almost like a quiet confidence. Like you're still extremely confident, but you're not over, you're not boasty about it. And I think actually people confuse the word confidence with being um, arrogant. So when people yes. like sometimes think, oh, she's so confident, there are there is a difference between to me. I mean, it's obvious that there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. I'm but glad I you think, point that out. It's not yeah. obvious to some people. Yep. Yeah, because like there is a loud over like boisterous type of confidence where that to me is arrogance. And that actually to me signals more insecurity. Like if you have to overcompensate for something and constantly flash what you're doing, how much money you're making, who you're hanging out with, you're actually seeking outside validation. And that's not confidence. To me, confidence is like internal validation and then acting on that externally. I was actually thinking about this the other day. So I'm so glad you asked it. To me, confidence is like being in integrity. So I feel most confident when I do things that I say I'm going to do, when I act the way I say I'm going to act, when I, I don't know, operate the way I say I'm going to operate. I am confident because I'm being integrated on who I am on the inside, on the outside. So for example, I like to give examples. Let's say this is a really small one, but let's say I was like, I don't want to do podcast interviews on Fridays. And then all of a sudden I start booking every podcast interview on Fridays well, what the hell? I just said I wasn't going to do that. So now I'm breaking this promise to myself, which breaks down my confidence because I'm not being in integrity with what I said. So I feel like confidence comes from that place. And when you have, when you're humble, it's like you have this quiet confidence that you like internally, let's use that example, are like, I'm not booking podcast interviews on Fridays. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I don't need to announce it. Yeah. I stand by it. I'm just going to make my calendar only available Monday through Thursday. And it's like this this humbleness. And I think too humble. I really just think I, now they're asking, I'm like, I don't know. I think it is a quiet confidence where I think that's the perfect definition, a quiet confidence where people like, they just see you and they're like, what is like, damn, I want a piece of that, but you're not like woo, flashing it all around and being like loud about it. It's like, oh, wow. She's really humble. Like that she's not afraid to admit her wrong. She's transparent, but there's still is that quiet confidence about her where she's not over boisterous about it. So I don't know. So <laughs> you can, question. you can be confident, but humble. Could you be humble? Wait, wait, hold on. You could be confident, but humble. Could you be low confidence and humble? <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I feel like 
I feel like low confidence then would actually just be insecurity. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it doesn't or like yeah, like I feel like confidence yes, there's like scales to a to a degree, but at the same time it's like low confidence just mean then there's like a little bit of self-doubt or insecurity. So it's like yes, you can be those things and be humble. I think humble is like having you I think the word truly means like having humility. And so I feel like when you're confident, you're not afraid to admit that you have some humility within you. You're not afraid to admit when you're wrong, where if you're insecure, you are afraid to admit Mm -hmm. those things because you don't want anybody to not validate you. So that's, I don't know, that's a really good question. I'm going to think about that more. Thank you. It's one of those complex questions where I feel like the answers will be endless and constantly, you know, changing. I honestly had to look up what a manifestation coach was when I looked you up. it turns out you might be into spiritual tools. Can we talk yes. about some of the tools you enjoy using? Yes, yes, yes. I also too did not know manifestation coaching was a thing. None of us went to college for that, right? Like we didn't learn about that in our courses back in the day. And so of course, coaching is like this new industry. It's not even a new industry. I think it's just something that has really started booming, especially throughout the pandemic. But something that I do with my manifestation coaching is I really tap into the spiritual and energetic realm. And I don't mean like, um, oh, I see spirits and I talk to them because I think some people think that like, oh, well, I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. So I'm not spiritual. And I'm like, to me, spirituality is just having this really big connection with your intuition and like getting nudges from the universe and looking for signs that you're like, okay, I feel supported outside of what's in my human surroundings. Like I, for example, 44 is a number I see all the time. I used to see this so much that I told my mom about it. And my mom was like, you know, that that was your grandpa's favorite number. And my grandpa passed away last year and I didn't get to go to his funeral. And I always felt guilty. And I was like, are you kidding? I see 44 every day. And she's like, well, that must be him because that was truly his favorite number. So to me, it's like, those are the spiritual things that I like to look for. So when I talk about spiritual tools, something that I love to use is like Oracle cards. I love to, I think meditation can be spiritual. I think just writing and journaling can be spiritual. I think people tend to think, oh, if I don't do um, I don't know, chanting in the woods, I'm not spiritual. Or if I don't like do naked yoga, I'm not spiritual. I'm like literally cooking can be spiritual. Like going outside on a walk can be spiritual. So it's whatever you want to make it. But I think the tools I love to use in my sessions are like breath, movement, journaling, and Oracle cards. That's brilliant. I think a lot of us use spiritual tools, even if we don't know it. I looked up some examples, candles. I mean, A lot of people use candles. Obviously, there's more spiritual candles out there. But even if you just have like a bath, bath and body works candle, I guess, to a certain extent, because they say with candles, like the oil uh, or like rituals and need something about the oils. Yes. And then there's incense, which I do enjoy. I love incense. I use it all the time. I light an incense before all my client calls. You know what it is when I think of spiritual tools is just like setting up the energy in a different way. Like you're just intentionally creating a spiritual kind of like energetic space. So even last night I had a client call and to your point with candles, I was like, you know, what would change the vibe is like lighting a candle and maybe spraying some lavender spray. And it just like, I don't know. It's kind of this like ceremonial thing to bring in new energy to the call. And yeah. that's what I love to use in my in my coaching. I, I remember I was going through a really rough patch a few years ago and I, with me and my mom, we ran around the house with burning sage, just trying to kill all like the negativity and like evil eye or whatever. We're just running around with our sage. So I did go through a period of that. There's also pendulums. I don't yes, know if you use those. I use that. Yeah, it's supposed to answer questions and heal energy. I use that. I don't use it all the time. I actually got really into this the spiritual tools after I worked with a medium. She did a reading for me. And then she, it was so good. I booked more readings with her. So she actually did like psychic readings, medium readings, and then like spiritual assessments. And I was like, so fascinated by all of them. And then all of a sudden she came out with this spiritual development course. And I was like, oh my God, I need to work with her. And it was 
everything that you just mentioned, we talked about in the format of a course over 12 weeks of like pendulums, tarot cards, oracle cards, all these things that I was like, gemstones, wow, this is crazy. Everything. And so in some of the sessions, she would say like, you need to show up with your pendulum today. You need to bring a deck of oracle cards. And so I bought them honestly for the course, but then I had so much guidance from them and it was so, it's actually fun to use them. And that's what my teacher always said too. She was like, this should not feel like a chore or heavy or anything like that. Like this should be your playtime and fun. So like look at these tools as a way to just provide guidance to you from the spiritual realm, but don't think of it as, uh, you know, something heavy or dark, or it's going to be really serious. Like just use it for fun. Yeah. And I know I messaged you yesterday about tarot cards and you mentioned you have more, you use the Oracle cards more. So I want to talk about those cards a little bit, just because people that listen we're hoping that we could speak about it and they had some questions. First, what is the difference between oracle and tarot cards, would you say? Yes. So it's actually pronounced tarot, which I found out tarot, like two years ago too. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I that's what my mom said too. And I was like, what is she talking about? And I was like, oh, I forgot. I used to call them that too. I mean, it's tarot, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not an expert, tarot. that's for sure. Oh, I mean, I'm not even, I don't even read tarot as I told you, but yeah, tarot is um, basically think of it as tarot cards come, they, they're all the same deck. Like it doesn't matter if you created a tarot deck or I created a tarot deck, it would have to all be the same. So there's like sets of it. Think of when you get a, a deck of playing cards and you have like your four Queens, your four Jacks, and they're all right. in certain suits. Tarot is kind of the same where it's like, they have different suits and different um, numbers and different things, but they're always the same. Like whenever you get a tarot card deck, they should have like, they call it the major like arcana and something else. The same amount of each card. Yes. Okay. Always the same amount of each card. There's always the same symbols. There's always the same, um, guidance. It's just, maybe the artwork is a bit different where Oracle cards and tarot cards, you actually have to learn how to read them. Like my spiritual teacher that I talked about that I did that course with, she's been doing this for like 10 years and she still is like I don't I don't actually read tarot I kind of use it as guidance because it's a very complex system that people like truly study and so it's something that when you're going to a tarot card reader they have actually like studied it and done the work and like understood what all these cards mean where oracle cards are more of like I like to think of them as like intuitive guidance cards and so you can use them now the difference between these is me and you could actually make an Oracle deck. Like I could make an Oracle deck right now. And it could be a deck of affirmation cards that says something like, you know, I am a ray of sunshine. I am going to be guided today by my angels, whatever, whatever I want to say in the cards. It's just so that when you pull it, your intuition is using um, its itself to see what card do I want to pull today. And when you pull it, you can use it as guidance. You can meditate on it. You can use it as like almost like a little piece of motivation. You can journal about it. Like there's so many different uses. So I actually have three decks and I use them in, in client calls just to either wrap them up as a nice piece of guidance or even in the morning, like, you know, those mornings where you're just like, Oh, I just feel stuck. And I don't know. I like, I just want to know like what's going on today. It's like, absolutely. Yeah. That happens a lot. And we're like, I just want some guidance. And I just kind of like meditate or like breathe in for a few seconds. I'm like, I'm just going to pull a card from my Oracle deck and I'll pull it. And there's usually a little guidebook that comes with it that will give you an explanation of the card. So this is why I love Oracle decks, because again, you don't need to like learn what the cards mean. It's good to practice. You can look at the colors and the font and the symbolism and like kind of read it yourself but then the guidebook will actually give you like a prompt and it will ask you a question or will give you a story about the card yeah so it's really nice because it's just to me again more of a a guidance and inspirational way to to just look at things differently instead of thinking like oh I need to put a meditation app on or I need to watch a YouTube video it's like an oracle card could actually be what guides you that day Yeah, it says energetically, oracle cards hold a lot of big energy. They give insight into the greater sense of what is going on. But tarot cards can provide more detailed interpretations. I guess if you have someone that can interpret them. So one of the listeners asked how you answered the first one, how you recommend using the cards. But 
Someone asked how accurate are tarot cards when read by an by someone that can interpret them. Oh, I can't hear you. Can't. If you want, you can leave and come back. No problem. Okay. No problem. Let me mark that. Why am I showing up twice? Yeah, wait. <laughs> what is going on? This is can so I weird. Oh, I can remove it. Remove. Okay. Uh, okay, now you can hear me? Yes. Hello, hello. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay, so we're yeah. back? Okay. Yeah. Did you hear so the you question? Just, um, yeah, do you want me to do you want to ask again or you want me to just answer it? Because I can do either. No, it's okay. You can just answer. I can just edit it out. Okay, perfect. So let me just think and then I'll just answer. Yeah, it's um accuracy of how the tarot accurate cards. are the they wanted to know more about the tarot cards i don't know yeah no i can i can talk yeah. about it a little bit yeah so i used to have this question all the time because i was taking all these spiritual tools as if they were um those like little eight balls that you read and they were like at truth so i was looking at it as like crystal balls that was like 100% my future. And the more I got into learning about spirituality and spiritual healers and guidance, it's truly that it's just guidance. It's for you to maybe have a different perspective. So when I hear the word accuracy, I think of like that, that kind of signals to me that they want like a definite 100% concrete answer. When to me, it's like, look at it as how it can guide you and open your eyes to something else. So for example, um, I had a tarot card reading and she pulled a card that was something around, I don't even remember, like something about the pentacle of cups. And that means like um, something specific with like filling up your cup and leaving something behind. And it's like, okay, that's not a, that's, that's not an answer that I needed a hard yes or no on. It was me to look, reflect and be like, yeah, what's in my life that I need to like fill up my cup and what do I need to leave behind? So for example, I actually just took my Oracle card deck out so I can like show you for the Oracle section. Like, let's say I pulled this card for you. It says deep replenishment, retreat, rest, and be held. So before I even read the guidebook, I could probably do a reading with you and say, Jules, like, is there a part of your life where you need to retreat or rest or be held? Is there a part of you that feels like you are overexerting yourself? Like, do you need deep mm -hmm. replenishment somewhere? And you can take that however you see fit. Maybe it's career, maybe it's wow. finances, maybe it's your boyfriend, right? So it's not yeah. like, it's not like I'm telling you, Jules, you were going to get married on October 5th, 2020. You know what I mean? I think that right. I used to think that I used to go to card so readings. It's not and be like, like that, guys. People like, no, some people were saying how things don't perfectly match up and it's stressing them out. Like it's not supposed to. No, 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 it's not supposed to. It's literally guidance. Um, I like when I went to a different, I didn't go to a tarot card reader. I went to a medium and they are mediums connect with people that have passed. So she was connecting with like my grandma, my grandpa, yeah. and that was actually really comforting. So I went to her for comfort. I wasn't going to her to be like, go ask my grandfather when I'm getting married, where am I going to live? What job am I going to have? Because your life, you still have free will. I think people forget that too. When you go to get a tarot card reading, if you're actually looking for a very specific answer like that, you're kind of giving your power away and letting this reader say like, here's how your life's going to go, go follow it. And then you're going to be like, that's disempowering. So I like to go to tarot card readings. I always go to them when I feel like I need a bit of clarity or I feel lost about something, or I'm like making a decision um for example last year when I was going through like kind of a breakup I was like I feel like I need guidance and it was just nice to have this guidance that wasn't from my mom or my sister or a therapist yeah. it was like looking at things from a different lens exactly a more spiritual lens I guess you could say more way more spiritual and I will say the difference though between the tarot cards and the oracle cards is um yes they are way deeper and there's like more meaning to them I think a tarot card reader 
is a lot more tapped in to, again, they should know how to read them, but when you go to get one, it, they will provide you deeper meaning where to me, Oracle cards are like guidance that I can use just throughout the day. And again, like I just pulled that card for you. It's like, you buy a non-expert maybe. Yeah. Like you can literally, like you, a non -expert. exactly <laughs> non-expert. I can pull this for myself. I can put this on my computer, like to remind me to deeply replenish today. It's not like, wow, I, the rest of my life is going to be dedicated to deep replenishment. Like that's not mm -hmm. what we're looking for out of readings. That's really helpful. Thank you. We're going to wrap the episode up with a little game. Uh, it's not anything too exciting, but just the, maybe the oh, just, I love games. Game, just so we can get to know you better. Maybe the first thing that comes to mind, but uh, favorite city to travel to. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. I would say the first one that comes to mind, I love Prague and the Czech Republic it, abroad. I love that. I love also Croatia just as a country. And I would say in, um, in the US, I really do love Chicago. Like I lived there oh, I'm and dying I'm dying to go there. It is so much fun. The people are amazing. The food's amazing. The scene is amazing. Like I love Chicago. I want to go. Guilty pleasure. Oof, 100% chocolate. I love brownies. I love, this is a really weird one, but if you guys ever go to 7-Eleven and get those like packaged brownies, you would think they're gross. Like I don't like those cosmic brownies, but I don't know what or who is cooking the 7-Eleven brownies. It tastes like homemade grandma style brownies, wow. like fudgy, delicious. And it's like $1 and that's definitely a guilty pleasure I have. All right. So you know where I'm going after this episode? <laughs> Let me know what you think. They're okay. amazing. Current song on repeat or a song you Ooh. enjoy? Oh my gosh. I, I have been loving the Glass Animals album Dreamland. They just came out with it like at the end of 2020. Um, and they have a song called Heat Wave. And I have played it so many times that even my boyfriend was like, okay, we need to pick a new song. Because <laughs> I was I'll like, have to check it out, out every morning. Yeah, ch check it out. Glass Animals Heat Wave. Perfect. A food you never get sick of. Chips and salsa. I could eat chips and salsa daily by the basket without stopping. Chili's used to be my favorite restaurant because they would do those bottomless chips and salsa. Mm -hmm. And I would like not stop. I'm like a rabid animal. So that 100% would be chips and salsa. Coffee or nap when tired? Nap. I actually just yes, took a nap right before finally. our call. <laughs> Everyone I've played this game with is like, oh, like I'll drink coffee. I'm like, doesn't do it for me. Doesn't do it. Oh, I guess my so heart rate jittery. goes up, yeah. but, but I don't get more energy. I get anxious. I get jittery. I get irritable. But if I nap, like before this call, I was like, I'm going to take a 15 minute nap just to like center. And I'm like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. That's all you need sometimes. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. I am definitely night owl. I'm trying to work on this. My boyfriend doesn't help because he is also a night owl. And I'm like, we need to get to bed earlier. And every time it's like, nope, somehow we're still doing stuff at like midnight. And I'm like, we need to get to bed earlier. I don't want to be a night owl. I actually do want to be a morning person, but I do thrive better for some reason at night. My follow-up question is, do you feel productive around 11 or 12 and like at night? It's more like the like, six to 9 p.m. range I have this like surge of like all right let's go and I can just go lost in a vortex vortex like six to nine six to ten p.m. Uh, and you said your next question was love language but you said it's words of affirmation so ditto yes and last one favorite way to relax at the end of the day oh oh my goodness at the end of the day I would say love a good like shower cleansing. I almost think of it as like literally washing away the day. So I make it almost like a ritual of like, okay, what energy did I take on today? And how can I just like release this with a nice hot shower? Uh, this kind of goes back to guilty pleasure, but I do love reality TV. Like it's just so fun to check out and escape and see other people's lives. Wait, you like below deck. Love below deck. Me too. 
love, love everything on Bravo. Love Summer House. I love um, 90 Day Fiance, The Challenge on MTV. Like, I love to end my day that way because it's like, oh, wow, my life isn't that crazy. Look at all these psychotic people on TV. So it's just a fun way to like, it's, I wouldn't say relax, but it's like yeah. a fun way to check out. Um, but yeah, I also listen to like nighttime meditations because I do have a hard time sleeping and that's been helping a lot. So that's just a nice way to unwind and relax is like putting on a nice little nighttime uh, meditation. Meditation. I have an app called Relax Melodies and they have different meditations for different feelings. So if you're feeling sad or if you are feeling anxious or just anything stra- extra stress, like their meditation is guided towards those feelings. So love. I love that. Oh my God. Love, love, love. I need to check that out because I'm always looking for new ones. <laughs> Well, Chelsea, such an honor and truthfully so helpful for me and for the listeners to have you here. So thank Thank you. you. This was so much fun. I hope I like cleared up the tarot and oracle thing, but I'm like, now I need to maybe do a better job of that. So check out if you're your own, if you're interested in this stuff, like check out what Oracle cards decks resonate with you because they're like really fun. There's like really cool artwork with them. Um, But yeah, it just got me thinking of like, ooh, there's so much to be explored with the world of like, tarot and your questions were amazing the confidence and humbleness i'm like ooh, got my wheels spinning so this is a super fun podcast we might have to have a (laughs) follow-up i know i'm like i need to check in for 10 minutes and give everyone a more clear answer but yeah i love this podcast so thank you for having me on no you were really clear and uh everything is cleared up so i'm so happy well thank you for having me on it was a blast Thank you, Chelsea, for joining us. That was very educational and informative. I actually asked her to stay on with me a few extra minutes to ask her some personal questions about my life, and she was phenomenal. Guys, she offers one-on-one training, so please check her out on her Instagram and book your sessions because she really, she hacks your brain. (laughs) I love that expression. You know, the other day I was giving a tennis lesson to this, it was like an 11-year-old boy. I taught him something on his serve and he's like, Julia, you just hacked my brain. Let's just say I'll be adding that to my resume because when you hack someone's brain, that's got to be a skill and no one can say otherwise. (laughs) Oh my God, I almost just choked. But guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. Chelsea, it was an honor to have you and we look forward to having some more incredible guests coming up. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. It's Jewels on the Hustle podcast. Find it on Apple. Leave a five-star rating and a review and check us out at Jewels on the Hustle podcast on Instagram for the um, podcast page and for my personal at Jewels. El Baba. Guys, it's been real. We will see you next week on Jewels on the Hustle. Every day I'm hustling. 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 Every day I'm every day.